Today on the Rogue Retirement Lounge, news. And now, the news. Hey, I'm back with retirement-related news for the week ending uh, Friday, June 18th. Um, I'm recording this on Saturday, coming to you from the lovely city of Burley, Idaho, because I'm on a road trip heading down to Arizona to uh, visit my dad for Father's Day. So anyway, um, let's get started. Uh, so remember, I did an episode a couple weeks ago about inflation. And um, inflation, as it turns out, has officially become big news, and you can't turn on the news without hearing about skyrocketing prices. So one sector that has seen crazy increases is the ride-sharing business, specifically Uber and Lyft. Uh, in a New York Times story this week, one dude paid 248 bucks to go from Midtown Manhattan to JFK Airport. Uh, now, the last time I took an Uber from the Lower East Side to JFK, it cost me around 50 bucks. So there are a ton of reasons why so many prices are going up, but today I want to touch on the labor issue. Uh, and this is total conjecture because I haven't read anyone uh, saying this with real facts behind it, but the whole reason that there's a shortage of Uber drivers is the federal PUA or Pandemic Unemployment Assistance, which is the never-before-seen unemployment program for gig workers and the self-employed, coupled with the bonus of $300 a week. And it's as simple as that. Now, for some reason, some people have been arguing that increased unemployment benefits are not disincentives to work. Uh, people have been saying, people want to work, or there's no child care, or people are afraid to drive because it's unsafe. No, that's complete fucking bullshit. If today you're making close to what you were making before the pandemic for sitting around on your ass doing nothing, you're not going to go back to driving an Uber car. Um, and with the $300 bonus, 99% of Uber drivers are making more than they previously were by doing nothing. Um, your president, Sleepy Joe Biden, or Joey No Pulse, <laughs> Joey No Pulse, as uh, I heard Bill Burr call him, said, quote, I know there's been a lot of discussion since Friday's report that people are being paid to stay home rather than to go to work. Well, we don't see much evidence of that. That is a major factor. We don't see that. Look, it's easy to say the line has been because of the generous unemployment benefits that it's a major factor in labor shortages. Okay, that was a word salad delivered by an octogenarian with early stage dementia, but you get the drift. And there have been other instances where he has said specifically that there is no evidence that the labor shortage is being caused by the increased benefits. Um, and I'm not being political here. I just know human nature. We are lazy, and paying us to stay home will keep us at home. Uh, so from a BBC article, a Bank of America analyst said that Americans who earn less than $32,000 before the pandemic would be better off now collecting a combination of the state and federal unemployment benefits rather than working. The average U.S. salary is around $32,000, so do the math. Uh, we've got these federal bonus payments going through September, so what are we going to do about it? Well, uh, 25 states are dropping at least one of the three federal pandemic unemployment insurance programs, uh, all red states somewhat predictably. Uh, and the first state run by a Democrat, uh, Louisiana, announced that it will block the $300 a week bonus uh, by the end of July. So in total, this elimination of federal unemployment benefits is going to affect what could end up being over 2 million people. And that means 
I'd guess at least a couple of hundred thousand people are going to get off their lazy asses and get back to work. And of course, because we live in America, a group of residents uh, of Indiana sued Governor Eric Holcomb this week to keep the aid flowing. So look for some prices like Uber trips to start dropping this summer as gig workers are incented to return to work. And some socialist pundits are really pissed about this. Frightening feminist economist Kate Bond, the director of labor market policy for the Washington Center for Equitable Growth, whatever the hell that is, said, quote, we are still in a pandemic. The idea of purposely taking away benefits from people to incentivize a return to work is actually coercing people to go back to work when it's unsafe to do so, when caregiving may be really uncertain, and when family members might still be getting sick, end quote. Well, apparently Ms. Bond didn't get the memo that there's been a free vaccine available for months. And the nice folks at Home Depot have managed to work through the entire pandemic. So calling this an unsafe decision is simply doe-eyed, Gen Z, fragile, woke socialist rhetoric with no basis in reality. In other news, I meant to hit on this last week, but in case you haven't heard, the 1031 exchange is potentially in jeopardy. Um, now, for those of you unfamiliar, the 1031 exchange in its most basic terms is kind of a rollover plan for real estate. You sell a property, and then if you buy another property within a certain time frame with the proceeds, you won't pay capital gains on the profit from that first property. This is a very important instrument, uh, and supposedly 10 to 20% of all commercial real estate transactions are done using the 1031 exchange. So the Biden administration has proposed capping gains uh, deferred under the 1031 exchanges at $500,000 as a means of helping to pay for the $1.8 trillion American families plan. Uh, according to Julie Baird, president of the FEA, or Federation of Exchange Accommodators, whatever that is, quote, it's a myth that Section 1031 is a loophole for the wealthy to avoid paying taxes. Section 1031 is used by a broad variety of taxpayers, and the overwhelming majority of those who utilize like-kind exchanges eventually sell the replacement property in a taxable sale, end quote. That's the thing that dummies who don't know about real estate need to know. The 1031 is not a tax dodge. It's simply a deferral. It encourages velocity of money in the real estate sector by helping investors upgrade and buy new properties. Once again, it's not a loophole or a tax dodge. And once you finally divest, Uncle Sam is going to get his fair share. So if you're a real estate investor, it might be worth taking five minutes and calling your congressman or senator and just tell them to leave the 1031 alone. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, I could go into how many jobs that they say would likely be eliminated if the 1031 exchange goes away, but just suffice to say that we really need to keep it as is. Um, in other news, get this. According to the Wall Street Journal, some workers next month will be able to invest in cryptocurrency in their 401k plans. Uh, a 401k provider called F For Us All Inc., all one word, For Us All Inc., which by the way is a terrible name, announced earlier this month a deal with uh, the institutional arm of cryptocurrency exchange Coinbase that will allow workers uh, in its in the plans that it administers to invest up to 5% of their 401k contributions in Bitcoin, Ether, Litecoin, and others. Executives at For Us All won't say how many of the firm's 400 employer clients have signed up for the cryptocurrency platform, but it is definitely an interesting development. 
So remember the 2017 mania when everyone was talking about Bitcoin and then it cratered? Well, in April, Bitcoin almost hit 65,000 and now it's sitting in the mid 30,000 uh, as I record this. So um, I'm sure crypto investors were psyched about this news because any new money being pumped into the crypto markets might conceivably add some upward pressure to the price. But I'd still hold off if you're thinking about dipping your toes into the crypto waters. I think there's a ton of money to be made in the coming decade, but I don't think we've hit the bottom of this cycle yet. Um, and I think uh, Robert Kiyosaki said that his next entry point for Bitcoin was 27,000. Uh, that sounds like a reasonable number to wait for. And just remember, there's no such thing as cryptocurrency, finger quotes, investing. We're talking about an asset class that's basically a decade old, and it's just it's just too new at this point. I mean, you'll find guys analyzing the Fibonacci's and newsletter writers talking about million-dollar Bitcoin and the hodlers and all this, but any money that you put into this asset is speculation. It's gambling, not investing, end of sermon. Uh, okay, so the other day someone asked me about what's involved with getting a mortgage when you're retired and you stop receiving ordinary income. Uh, basically, I punted on that question and I'm going to have a real mortgage broker as a guest on the show this summer to talk about the ins and outs of buying houses when you're retired. And I'm talking about both primary residences and investment properties. But until then, there's a nice little article at Forbes.com going over the basics of mortgages for retirees. So if you're interested in that topic, uh, there's a link to the article in the show notes. Um, and finally, Edward Jones came out with a study this month called The Four Pillars of the New Retirement, What a Difference a Year Makes. The study found that roughly one out of every three Americans planning to retire think they now will retire later due to the pandemic one out of three. Uh, and the gender gap in retirement savings seems to be unfortunately alive and well. Only 40% of women said that they were saving each month for retirement versus 58% of men. And among retirees that were polled, uh, retirees that were polled, people who were already retired, 61% said they wish they had done a better job of planning financially for retirement. 61%. Don't be part of that group. Subscribe to this podcast and let's arm ourselves with the knowledge that we need so that when we're retired, we won't have any regrets and we'll have plenty of money coming in. Okay, that's it for today. Have a great one and I'll talk at you next week. Nothing in this podcast is meant to be financial, legal, or tax advice. Though there's some kick-ass information here, it's for informational purposes only. Take control of your retirement planning, but get professional counsel if you need tax, legal, or financial advice. For more content like this, join my mailing list at rogueretirementlounge.com. And if you have questions about retirement investing, entrepreneurship, business, or anything else, my email address is matt at rogueretirementlounge.com.